Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Welcome back to the Wildcat Scoop podcast, special point guard edition of the Wildcat Scoop podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Shear, here with Jason Shear. And as I just previewed, we're here to answer all of your point guard related questions for men's basketball. We're out of mourning. What Houston game, I say. Yeah, you guys might have noticed we kind of dropped off the map a little bit. Well, it was a 12 hour drive back. And we didn't do it that night because I got uh, I got back late to the hotel room. And by the time I got back to Tucson, I go, look, Shell, I'm going to be honest. I have no desire to discuss that basketball game. Yeah, and he was tired. So what we're going to do now is throughout the next few weeks, we're going to preview positions. We're going to get in. We're going to re- review positions. Then we're going to preview positions and talk about needs, recruiting, and stuff like that. Um, mostly based around your guys' questions. So... Yeah, and we had a lot of them. So we decided to start yes. with the point guard position on purpose because we had a lot. So we're going to jump in really quick and start with a question from Bear Down Zona Zona. What is the ideal point guard for Lloyd's system and what transfers currently in the portal or can potentially be entering the portal fit that description? So we'll start with the first one. Ideal point guard, I think, in, in my opinion from what I've seen from Gonzaga and all that is uh, it's not a ball dominant point guard. Like we refer and talk about James Akinjo, who's a, in my opinion, a good point guard. But when Tommy Lloyd sat down with James Akinjo, he basically said, look, we think you're really good, but you're going to have to change your style because we don't do the ball dominant point guard stuff with lots of dribbling. We do the stuff where, you know, we're always moving the ball. The more the ball moves, the better this offense is. So you're not going to see a guy that dribbles the heck out of the ball um, and then kind of initiates the offense from there. You're going to see a guy that swings the ball and can score and hit the open jumper, but doesn't necessarily put up 20 shots a game or something like that. Um, That's not to say that the point guard can't be that type of guy, but I think you're looking for a guy that defends well, can hit the open three, and really initiates um, the offense well. I, I think that's the biggest key is when you're looking for a point guard, it's can this guy run and initiate the point, the, the offense for the other four guys on the court? Um, you want him to be good offensively and defensively himself, but I think overall you're looking at the system fit. Uh, in terms of what transfers in the portal, um, you know, there's, there's not a lot of point guard targets in the portal right now. Nigel Pack is a guy that Arizona reached out to. Not sure how serious... Uh, Arizona is. I believe it's more serious with Will Richard, who's not um, a point guard. Um, and I don't really speculate on guys who enter the portal because there's like 400 that enter the portal every day. Um, and it also could just be a situation where the best answer is Kylan Boswell reclassifies. That has yet to be decided. And I think that's something that'll probably be decided once Arizona sees what's out there and once it figures out who's coming back and things like that. 
Um, Boswell's going to play an EYBL this weekend, I believe, maybe the whole circuit. Um, and then that decision, you know, it does have to be made relatively soon. But, um, you know, it, it, Tommy Lloyd also likes Kirkrisa, so it, it's difficult to get into too much. But I think when you're looking for an ideal point guard, it's not necessarily the guy that's going to go out and shoot 20 times a game as much as it is the guy that's going to initiate and be able to successfully run the offense and get others involved. Need a general. Yes. That is what you need in a point guard. Correct. Boom. Bang. Done. I'm the best at this, right? <laughs> anyway, next question uh, from Salim Machine. Is there a possibility of Kerr not being the starting point guard next year? Is there a possibility that he's paired with another smaller, less than 6'3", combo guard? I would be very surprised if Kirk Reese is not the starting point guard next year. Um, I think there's a couple things that you have to keep in mind when thinking about Kirk Reese's game. Number one, when you look at experience and how many games he's played, that was basically his freshman season. He's 21 years old, but he didn't play the year before, COVID, all that. That was the first year where he really got extended playing time, and he happened to do so in a new system. Um, in addition, he didn't play well in the tournament. Nobody really played well in the tournament. I mean, Dalen did. Coloco had one or two good games. Two good games. Um, and also, you got to take the, the ankle injury. I, I know how bad that ankle injury it really was. was. Bad, it though. is much worse than I think the casual person thinks. He had no business playing in any of those games. And that could be a debate you have where you say, look, then Tommy Lloyd shouldn't have played him, whatever it may be. Uh, but he, in reality, if that was a regular season, there's no debate, there's no discussion. He's not playing in those games. So I think that Arizona's coaching staff is probably more confident in Kirk Reese's ability than the Wildcat Authority message boards. Now, does that mean that a five-star point guard transfer comes along and says, I'm dying to go to Arizona, and Arizona doesn't take him? No. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's an interesting situation because you look at a guy like Nigel Pack, for instance. He's coming to start at the point wherever he goes. Now, we don't know how serious Arizona is about him. I think that there's other guys it's more serious about. But Nigel Pack is coming to play the point. He is very adamant that he plays the point. So do they sell it to him in the situation where, look, we can have two kind of point guards. Whoever gets the ball brings it up. We don't really have a true point guard, et cetera. Like Tommy Lloyd has said in interviews before, to him he's got like three point guards. Like Dalen Terry brings the ball up. Justin Kyer brought the ball up. Pella Larson sometimes. You know, we have multiple point guards. Is it that kind of pitch? Um, in terms of a combo guard, yeah. I mean, if the guy is good enough, they're going to take him. Like a guy like Pack obviously isn't big, but, you know, you take him. And it all depends on the skill. Is there a possibility? Yeah, but the guy's got to be good enough. Like, they're not taking a 6'3 guy who's mediocre. If he's 6'3 and really good, or 6'2 and really good, you take him and you worry about it later on. You can win like that in college basketball. It may not work in the NBA, but if you have two really good guards and they happen to be under 6'3, you can still win like that. They just have to be really good. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, and I also think that you can't discount, obviously, the experience that Kirk Risa got this year. And w- you, not just really good. Like, you'd have to almost have to have, like, a LeBron James-level kid coming in that's going to be amazing, that you feel comfortable putting your offense in their hands and therefore he's taking over and bypassing Kirk Risa. But I think the combo situation is more likely too. But anyway, uh, next question is M singled 40. Is Kerr point guard you see staying the full four years? Is he a guy you could see going back to Europe before his eligibility is done? You know, the thing with him is he loves college. Like, he is living the life right now. These European kids love college. The whole team does, but these European kids love college. It's like, look, what's your situation? You're at Arizona. Um, the the girl ratio is very positive for you. Sunshine. Yeah, you the NIL, there's ways around that now with international players. Or you can go back uh, to a potentially, you know, war-ravaged situation. Uh, he's probably in no rush. Now... He's 21 years old, so he could say after next season, look, I, I'm going to go make money. Um, it's hard for me to speculate what's going to happen two, three years from now, you know, just because you never know. But I don't think he's in any rush to leave right now. He could wake up one day with a, you know, great offer for some European team and say, I'm, I'm taking it. I'm old. College is great. I've done what I need to do. Yeah, that could happen. That could happen with a lot of these international guys. But um, I don't think he's dying to get back. I do think that there were times this year where he did get legitimately down on himself in the way that people thought and talked about him. I think people forget that he's still kind of an immature kid in that regard. And, and there were times where it got to him, but, um, you know, the coaching staff worked with him and stuff like that. And Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um, You never say never. He's going to be old, you know, when he leaves. But, heck, Kansas just played a guy that was 26 years old and won a national title with a 26-year-old, so... With age comes wisdom. Yeah, Mitch Lifewood is 47 years old, so... <laughs> um, he's not the 26-year-old. So they had Mitch, and then they had Jalen Coleman-Lance, who's like 26, I think. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a situation where... Uh, could it happen? Sure. Is it something where, like, everyone is just waiting to happen? Uh, no, not really. Yeah, I don't think he's going to leave Arizona anytime soon either. All right, next question is... Good luck with this name, I'm so sorry. I'm going to butcher this um, because there's two schools of thought around an AHC name. So it's either N. Poopatch and then Scout, (laughs) or it's N. Poopak Scout. Or it's N. Putang Scout. Or N. Putang. That's not it at all. Okay. How do you know when to go all in on a point guard in the transfer portal when guys are entering every day? What's a good strategy so that you don't miss out on the best options? This is a fantastic question. Great question, sir. And is one that is almost impossible to answer. Because here's why. You have to balance pissing off your current starting point guard and adding another guy. 
And if you piss off your starting point guard, you better be ready for him to now leave the portal. And then what happens if you piss off your starting point guard because you're trying to land another point guard and you don't land that other point guard and now you don't have any point guard or you have to rebuild your relationship with your current starting point guard. That is the danger of the portal. It sounds so fun. Um, the strategy is basically you need to figure out where everything stands. So if you're going after a guy, like Arizona does it very quietly. They're more likely going after guys in the portal that we don't know about yet. Other guys do it very publicly. A lot of times when you do it publicly, you're trying to get a guy on the team to leave. Right? And so like, like here's what I know. Here's a little inside scoop. I know that USC is kind of trying to get Boogie Ellis out of there. And that's why you're kind of seeing him go after certain point guards. Boogie Ellis doesn't want to leave because if he leaves, he has to sit out a year. So it's kind of an internal battle between USC and Boogie Ellis right now. Arizona doesn't really have something all that, you know, similar. And, and, and the thing is, if they believe that Kirk Reese is their starting point guard, then they're more likely to go after a Justin Kyer type that is good enough to play 15, 20 minutes a game. If something happens to Kirk, he's good enough. Maybe a little better, but... You know, I, I, Kyer might have been undervalued for what he did at times in the Pac-12 tournament and such for Arizona. That's a decision that Arizona has to make. But there's also, like, feelers out there. There's AU coaches. There's handlers. There's guys that are saying, look, my guy's going to enter the transfer portal here in a couple weeks. We're kind of getting a feel for the situation. If we like what we see and hear from other schools, he's going in the portal. So there's guys that Arizona probably knows is going to enter the portal that haven't entered the portal yet. Um, but it is a very difficult decision. Really, it's you got to make sure that everything is straightened out and in line before you go after a player, unless you're trying to get people to leave. And it's not an easy thing to do. And I think it's one of the reasons why you see Arizona very careful in who it goes after and why I think that once guys make decisions like Coloco, like, look, at the end of the day, Arizona's best option for the portal is Dalen Terry and Christian Coloco coming back, and then you figure it out later on. If those guys leave, you're going to be offering plenty of playing time in the portal, and guys are always coming available. The portal numbers are stupid right now. So Arizona can afford to wait a little bit and figure out who the best, because the reality is Dalen Terry and Christian Coloco would be the two best players in the portal, or close to it. So they can wait and figure out where those guys are going to go uh, before... They, uh, Dang it, Mike! Michael Luke called me before they uh, they kind of figure out the situation and uh, and decide what to do next. All right. Well, sorry for the interruption, guys. That was Michael Luke calling Jason. Next question is a great name, by the way. Dirty Cash asks, should we go after all the guards? Miller said we lost by inches. Does Tommy Lloyd see it in a different way? Did Mark Few and him admiring Lute teach them that? Does he have a different plan? I do need to add, add here. That was a lot of questions yeah. from Dirty Cash. So good luck, Jason. All right. So I just want to point something out here. Uh, Kansas won that game against North Carolina because of David McCormack, their big man. UNC was in that national title game because Armando Baycott, their big man, was absolutely dominant. College basketball is a guards game. I get that sentiment. 
But if you look at the teams in the final four and around, etc., you need bigs as well. It is a it is a game of balance. Kansas doesn't win without McCormack. It probably doesn't win without Mitch Lightfoot stepping up. UNC doesn't win or get as far as it did with Baycott. Caleb Love played well, but Baycott was the guy. Should you go after guards? Yeah, if they're good enough, you go after them. But it's not like you can have 18 guards. Uh, Villanova is the closest thing to that all four guard lineup, and it generally works, but you still need bigs. Houston had wings and guards, but they still had, you know, good bigs. Like their bigs were fine. Does your big need to be your best player on your team? No. Do I believe in the two big lineup with Umar and Christian, for instance? No, I hated it. I didn't like it at all. Um, I think it has its benefits at times, but I think it also killed Arizona in certain situations, specifically Houston. Um, now, with that being said, Arizona wants to get bigger and more athletic. We can tell that Tommy Lloyd believes in size. Arizona had one of the biggest rosters in the country. He played two bigs at once. So clearly, Tommy Lloyd believes in playing big players. I mean, even when Pella was out the four, Arizona uh, was big. I don't know if Lute taught him that or whatever. I think it's just the evolution of basketball. Uh, I don't think Tommy Lloyd has a different plan. I think Tommy Lloyd's plan is you have as many good players as possible. The best players. And if they're big, that's awesome. And if they're a little shorter, that's fine. Um, but Arizona clearly uh, is able to, to have some size and be effective. And it's hard to say that he doesn't believe in having a larger team because Arizona went out and had one of the biggest teams in the country um, and even struggled with a smaller team in Houston. So, you know, the, the argument is, should they go after all the guards? Yeah, you always want to have good guards. I mean, that's that's college basketball. That's NBA. Uh, but it's not, it shouldn't be at the expense of having intelligent bigs that can play well as all as well. Do you think you answered all the questions? <sighs> <laughs> all right, next question is from NC Cat. Could there be a lot to be gained for Kerr simply by becoming better, more dangerous with his left? Yeah, so I'm not trying to insult you, but the, the rest of the question had to do with the Spurs and Manu and Tony Parker. Those guys are your boy, Tony Parker. Tony Parker? Um, those guys are NBA Hall of Famer type of dudes. And so them saying that you should be better with two hands is easier said than done. It's like, yeah, thanks for telling me. Hall and of Fame also, players. you should be Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. That goes for every player. Kirk Riso would love to be more dangerous with his left. That takes a lot of development. And that's oftentimes something that you see more in the NBA um, develop. I know plenty of NBA players who were only one-hand dominant in college, and you develop that in the NBA. That is really hard to do in college. That's like because, elite, super high-level And it's just the amount of time. Right. Like you just don't have the time in college coaching. So, um, yeah. But I don't. I would be surprised if all of a sudden he's coming out with his left hand and he's awesome with it it's just it's it's a very developed skill and not a lot of guys in college have it and if all of a sudden Kirk Creasa becomes dangerous with his left hand and his right he's the best point guard in the country or close to it it's just it's yeah it'd be awesome there's a lot to be gained it is very difficult to do at this level all right and finally last question is from ace man 95 how big of an off-season jump can we expect to see from Kerr Creasa? I think the logical answer is that you expect to see a pretty nice jump. You usually do. And, you know, Kerr Creasa has experience now. He's got a year in the system. 
He knows what he didn't do well. He's going to be healthy. And so you, you do expect there to be a nice jump. Um, does he have the potential to be an all-conference type of point guard? I don't see why not. His shooting has to get better, but it's it's still really weird because his form is there. Yeah, he's got great form. But he doesn't turn the ball over. His assist numbers are fine. They're good. Uh, he runs the offense really well for Arizona. It's basically his shooting and his ability to consistently show up in games where he's avoiding these one for 10 games. And you hope that with more repetition and being comfortable and, and understanding time and place that he will get better. So I, I expect a jump from him. I don't expect him to be a top 10 point guard in the country, but I would expect the type of jump where he's going to be better. How much better remains to be seen, but uh, I would be shocked if he is not a better point guard than he was this season. I also would like to see from him a higher level ability, almost like a quarterback as far as like kind of reading the room better and, and refining that kind of attitude. Like there's times to have it, there's times to get people riled up. And sometimes he just, the mental mistakes. I think that comes with wisdom. I think that comes with experience. I think he has it. I think it's just a matter of execution. And that comes with, you know, the next year. I think you want an emotional point guard. No, I'm not saying, I'm not saying. But you have to be able. Refined. Yeah, no, but what I'm saying is you have to be able to level that out at some point. Right. Like, you don't want your emotion to being like, well, I'm going to shut these dudes up and I'm putting up six threes in a row. And then you're over six right. all of a sudden. Because you can't, you can't make it about yourself. It's still always about the And team. I think sometimes that was part of the struggle where he let the crowd or he let the internal stuff get to him and it took him out of the game. And when he relaxes and let the game come himself and sets his feet on the jumper, he's a much better basketball player. Indeed. Well, thank you so much. No, thank you. <laughs> and again, we'll be continuing this. Um, we're going to do a football podcast after the spring Yay, game. football! Reviewing it. And then next week... Um, we'll get to uh, more basketball stuff. So our next podcast will be on Saturday, and then we'll start Monday, Wednesday, etc. Yes. I I just want everyone to know, I literally was like, when are we doing a podcast? When are we doing morning. a podcast? Jason's been a little blue, and he did have a little minor procedure yesterday on his head. Just, you know, a I'm little... Good. We're going to be all right. A little boo-boo that got taken care of. Not a vasectomy. Which is right. I don't know if there's speculation <laughs> about that. Never. Anyway, we appreciate all of you. Uh, we missed doing podcasts. We are back. And we have completely mourned this past season and are looking forward. What season? To uh, all the bright new beginnings happening for U of A football, U of A basketball. And sometimes we do touch in with other U of A sports as well. Baseball is hopping Baseball right is now. hopping. I was just going to say U of A baseball. If you guys haven't gone... Go to a game at High Corbett. It's actually one of my favorite things to do. Uh, I know that softball has been a little bit down this year, but those are really fun games too. Yeah, softball's like Bruno. We don't talk about we it. We don't talk about Bruno. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Bear down. Adios. By the way, Shelby, uh, that was the fifth time that Michael Luke has called me today. Michael Luke wants to talk to you right now. Fine. Goodbye. Goodbye.